Hey, y'all, just wanted to pop on real quick before you hear this episode and break the fourth wall, as they say. Um, So for this episode, Donna and I were going to record it in two separate days um, because sometimes we do that. Sometimes we record it all in one night, but especially, you know, she had COVID, so she was extra tired and I happened to go first this week. Well, your girl, she got a little more sick and had to go back to the doctor. So it's just going to be my story this week. Um, so sorry for the change. Hopefully you enjoyed my story and it's enough. But Donna is there during all the telling. You just won't have her story. So sit back, relax, and hope you like this little different episode. Because my story is a little different too. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 200. You sounded like rent. Like you were going to do that I whole legit thing. was like 525,500 <laughs> minutes. Is that the real thing? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Don't know. That wasn't my real voice because uh, I got oh. panicked. <laughs> <laughs> I got panicked. Episode freaking 200. I cannot believe we stuck something this long. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The only thing you had longer... Candy Crush. I mean, that's legit. But you know who I hope sticks with us as long as I've stuck with Candy Crush? Oh, okay. Patreoners! Ooh, a deep one. Uh, you know, we still are sick. Donna and I both. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had the vid. Yep. She had the COVID. And you see how you said it? COVID. Like you said, the COVID. She had the COVID. <laughs> and I had, uh, unsure. Yeah. Colby tested negative twice. They never tested me. Was it? Wasn't it? Unsure. I don't know, but... Today, I finally can smell more. Well, that's good. And taste. I was like, oh my God, it's not cardboard anymore. Oh, that sucks. Well, also though, hold on. Let me, uh, skirt. I have gained weight though, having COVID. Tell me that. And I haven't even ate that much because it tastes like cardboard. You literally said you could not stop eating when you first got it because it made you so hungry. Yeah, that was before I lost my, that was like two days before I lost my taste. Yeah. But then after that, like, I really haven't ate that much. Except for like two more days. Exactly. But how oh, so did you I... were going to lose all that weight that you gained in those two days in two days? <laughs> but how did I gain, like, how it works. eight pounds? Okay, that's a lot. That is a lot. I'm like, wait, what? Maybe also because it's that time of the month. Sorry, guys. But maybe I'm just bloated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know? what we're going to go with. <laughs> but I was like, what? It's definitely wrong? not all the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you ate. I haven't ate any of those. Today. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea what you've been eating. Uh, my jelly was expired. <laughs> Colorie surprised. No, I've been eating a lot of those square pizzas. Ugh, y'all, those Tostino? Uh-huh. No, no, not Tostinos. Totinos. Yeah. Whatever they are. Anyway, those square fucking pizzas. So good. That are supposed to be two servings, but I eat the whole thing. Oh, me too. They're supposed to be two servings? Yes. She, it says it on the packaging because I think they're shaming us. Oh. But <laughs> this bitch got them in her Walmart pickup, and I knew that she got them in her Walmart pickup. I was like, well, I fucking got to get those. Well, they didn't have it, so I had to go to the damn grocery store to get it because I... <laughs> wanted them so bad and I've eaten them twice in two days. Yeah, that's basically what I've been eating. That and cereal. Same! <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Colby got um, Frosted Flakes. Fucking ate the shit out of that. He goes, well, you ate all that. <laughs> <laughs> Frosted Flakes are so good because it adds the sweetness and then if you have something else, because I always... Uh, people layer perfume. No, I layer cereal. And so then I did have uh, Lucky Charms, but still like a lot of it is... Like, no flavor, you know, mm-hmm. like, just the crispy part. But, got yeah, the Frosted Flakes with it, perfect amount of sweetness. That's a literal fuck ton of sweetness. I mean, it is. The but... Frosted Flakes almost made the milk so sweet I couldn't drink it. Well, you know. Okay, but you know who's not too sweet? Because we're going back to Patreoners. <laughs> yes. That was a whole lot. But, look, the 200th episode, we got to do a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. Zhuzh it up for you. We can actually talk without... Hacking up our lungs right now. I Poor mean, you know. Corey yeah. editing the sinister sightings. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adziri F from Texas, Reagan G from Arkansas, Shaylee A from Alabama, Lauren N from Texas. Girl, stop it. Whatever. Emily B from Tennessee. Oh, I know you love the B from Tennessee. Uh huh. Uh huh. I do. I know it, it works. Mm hmm. Sasha S. from Michigan. 
And Tim K. from Iowa. Also, though, when Carrie was telling me what to write down, she said Tim K. from I.A., because one, she didn't know it was Iowa. No, I never knew Iowa. <laughs> but I was like, oh, there's one of those names. So I didn't know we had two in one thing. Yeah, I definitely, truly do not know the state abbreviations. <laughs> You're getting better, though. I really am. But those, you know, the the MIs and the MNs and the Is, <laughs> oh, those are hard. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for joining Patreon. Like we always say, it comes with a bonus episode extra a freaking month on Patreon. So, if you want more of this, and, well, sometimes a little less censoring. Sometimes I let Donna go off the cuff, you know? (laughs) And those usually end up in extra slices, which is, those are just extra episodes sprinkled out when we have just a little extra to say, but that we don't want to include in the main episode, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's rambling. So, we put those out on Patreon, too, and that, every single tier on Patreon gets that. Yep. So, if you want all of that extra, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. So, I got a um, camera for the living room because Colby's working nights right now. So, Jax is alone by himself in the living room whenever we record. And when I had the Christmas trees up, that's when he would choose to eat ornaments. So, the boy has separation anxiety. Like, he he kind of freaks his freak. Like, even if Colby and I were both, like, in the bathroom and he's in there by himself, he would, like, chew an ornament. It's like he doesn't know what to do to himself. I'm like, just come with me to the bathroom. Like, you come in there all the time. Just walk back here. Yeah. Well, I have a camera now in the living room, and it has provided me so <laughs> much fucking entertainment. Colby, too, because that motherfucker, again, work at night. So, I'll just be sitting there watching TV, playing Candy Crush or something. And he'll come on the damn thing and be like, what are you doing? And my soul leaves my body. <laughs> but it's so funny, too, because, like, when he does talk, Jax, like, walks up to the camera and, like, is looking. And you can, like, move it, you know, back and forth or whatever. And so, sometimes, even if you just move it, like, he looks at it like, the fuck is happening up there? My mom said, now I can't go to yours or your sister's house without y'all knowing. Because I have, now we have the doorbell and the camera in the living room. You know, I mean, what can I say? Don't be trying to trick me. Uh-huh. But then she hates, like, if she ruins a surprise by knowing it or anything, she hates it. But uh, your house is set up that you can't be surprised. Yeah, because my garage has an app that I can open it and close it from my phone. And so if you open my garage, it tells me you opened it. Yeah. So the only thing you would be able to do is sneak in my back door, but then my living room camera would tell me. Exactly. I mean, it's a good thing. It makes me sound so bougie, but I swear to God, I got them off really, really cheap. Oh, yeah. I mean, that camera was like $20? Yes. And we got the ring doorbell when it was on sale with an Echo Dot for like $40. Yeah. And the garage thing was on sale like half price too. (laughs) Yeah, girl. I I ain't bougie. It sounds like it. I'm bougie on a budget. (laughs) Well, speaking of bougie on a budget, Felix Gray lets you be bougie on a budget. Y'all, Felix Gray sponsoring us now. And (laughs) just so you know, like what Donna said. And so I was going on their website and I'm like, which fucking one do I want? Why are they so cute? They're so cute. What are they, you ask? (laughs) Yeah, people are like, wait, what's Felix Gray? Anticipation. (laughs) They're like the OG blue light glasses they are this awesome eyewear here's the thing you can get it non-prescription like me or prescription like me can't see over there (laughs) so basically this company started out like five years ago because they were like okay we need to do this shit better because you know i have blue light glasses before you can scratch the shit off it's real kind of hazy looking all the things and the color like there's always a little bit of a tint yeah it kind of looks like um, orangey, yeah. yellowy, but not with Felix Gray because their blue light protection is infused in the lens. So it's like clear. Bougie. It's real bougie and clear, but you can get it on a budget. Basically, if you're a numbers person like me, Felix Gray filters out 15 freaking times more of the blue light and all that shiz from your screens, all the things that make your eyes and all more fatigued and the dry eyes and all that shit that comes along with us staring at our screens. All damn day. All right, look, 15 times is amazing, but that doesn't mean anything to me. But just think about where other people stop. It's like, okay, here's a blue light, but it doesn't go like to the actual source. So it's like when someone's just like kind of hitting it and you're like, okay, but then Felix Gray goes all the way. Yeah. It's like they ain't about that edge and bullshit. Right. They just want you to just get in there 
and block the shit that's not supposed to be there. Exactly. And they don't add you because it's fast shipping, free shipping. Free returns. Yeah, you get 30 days. So if you're like, oh, I don't really like it or whatever, because I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't like it, but you do get to do free returns. That's huge. Um, Excuse me, when did you start saying huge with no H? Did I say that? You said that's huge. I did not. You did, ma'am. You did. But look, whether you want a, a huge or a huge, <laughs> or you like edging or not, whatever you're into, man, no judgment here. You can go check out Felix Gray at felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. That's Felix, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash creep. C-R-E-E-P, like Donna creep (laughs) you know just to reiterate though i am so freaking excited to get ours we went on the little website because they're sending us both a pair which uh thank you felix gray yes and uh we both went on the website and i'm like oh donna which one should i want do i want this one do i want that one do i want this one do i want that one and i'm like well this one's a little wider you know i got a peanut head do Mm -hmm. i want this color what what kind i want yeah there's a lot of options, but there's not too many options. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's not like an overwhelmed. Yeah. And there's kid sizes. I mean, so if you want to order your kids some glasses, your little minions, order it. Yes. And we know they're in front of all kinds of screens. But with school and Being COVID, virtual, yeah. yeah. Perfect. And look, Carrie's got the peanut head, but you know I got a huge head. Like, I'm a Leo, duh. But like, I actually have a huge head. And they have wide options. Yep. So head on over to Felix Gray Glasses. That's Felix, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash creep. That's the most important part. Don't forget slash creep at the end. Again, just like Donna. (laughs) I mean, you're a creep too. I'm a little more of the naughty than the creep. You're a little more of the both. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity offender. Well, I'll tell you what, I need those fucking Felix Gray glasses today for as much as I did on this damn story I got. My, I got so many damn pages of info. <laughs> I sent Donna all my references and it was like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 12. <laughs> I don't know, but I felt like I was back in fucking college doing this dissertation over here. <laughs> well, if you're in the Facebook group, you know our girl Morgan. She's one of the moderators and she is the fucking bees knees and this story idea actually came from her and it is completely different than anything I've ever done I'm taking a little bit of a uh, direction like Donna because it has a lot of history stuff in it but buckle your seatbelts because this fucking story is bonkers yeah she brought it up and her and Carrie were talking about it and I was like I'm not reading anything because I want you to do it like, I don't want to know anything. And you had never heard of this no, even ever. from the jump. So I yeah. was like, it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, yeah, I've actually heard of that, like this, blah, 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 blah. But then me, Creep Mom, and Morgan did a deep dive, <laughs> and they were telling me stuff, and I'm looking at all this stuff up. So let's just jump right in. Yay, I'm so excited. So between India's southern tip and the west coast of Myanmar sits this island. They say it's coral fringed island. It's about the size of Manhattan. Yeah, so not super big. Uh Uh-uh. But this island is strictly off limits. Like, no fly, no go. Don't come on there. Don't fucking touch this island. Do not go there island. This island is called the North Sentinel Island. And on that island is a tribe of people called the Sentinelese. Oh. I practiced that so many so many times and I'm pretty sure I still fucked up. But here's the thing. We don't actually know that that's what they want to be called. It is one of the last that we know of essentially uncontacted populations left in the world. Wow. So there was this tribe of people called the Andamans. And basically they think that the people of North Sentinel Island came from like a a branch of that tribe because it is part of the Andaman and Nicobar Islands. But again, it's like this itty bitty island that is just sitting there hanging out. But even further from that, they think they may have migrated from Africa tens of thousands of years ago. Oh my gosh. So basically because they are like essentially an uncontacted tribe that means that they're the only ones that live on that island and they protect it with their lives so right now 
India's government is the one that's in charge of patrolling the waters and making sure that people don't go onto this island. Because one, the islanders will kill them because they protect their island at all costs because they don't know who that is coming in. And two, they have to protect the islanders because... Could you imagine if somebody went there right now with COVID, the flu, all of that? You would literally wipe these people out. Yeah. With a common cold because they don't have the same immune systems that we have because they haven't been exposed to the common cold for fucking centuries and centuries and centuries. That would kill them. That is wild. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. If we lived with them, there may be something that they are immune to that we aren't because of their diet and things like that. So the Sentinelese are, like I said, very protective of their island. So if you come ashore on a boat or not even on a boat, they are amazing archers. They have bow and arrows, they have spears, and that is their defense when you come on the island. I do want to say that I got... There were, there were a ton of resources that I used, but three that were the kind of biggest websites, National Geographic, there were a couple of good articles on there. There was another website called The Print and um, a website called Survival International. Those were probably the three biggest that had amazing articles that kind of broke all this down. As far as we know, there's anywhere from like 50 to 150 of the Sentinelese left. We don't actually know how many people live on that island. We do know that they're hunters and gatherers. They fish in the, you know, the coastal waters, obviously. And like they fish with their spears. Like they don't fish with like lines or anything like that. And it's interesting because the the Andaman tribes had kind of been inhabited by outsiders by foreigners and they did develop some habits with like fishing like with lines and stuff like that that you think of and using boats and you know those kinds of um new traditions of how they do things but the Sentinelese having never had anybody come in they still do it with their bow and arrows the spears catching it with their hands that kind of thing one article I did read did say that they make um little kind of canoes that um, only work in shallow waters and that they use a pole to push it like kind of like a gondola is kind of what I'm picturing yeah and they have like two different types of houses that they live in they have like a large communal hut where a bunch of different numbers of families live and then they have more like temporary shelters that don't have the sides that you can see on the beach sometimes so like if they're what I would imagine if they're going to be gone hunting or fishing for a little while, they'll use these temporary, almost like campsites, and then have their larger houses that is more communal living. The women have um, like a fiber string around their waists, necks, and heads. And then the men wear like necklaces and headbands with a really thick waistband. But, you know, the cool thing is that the Sentinelese people have actually started using some metal. And that comes from shipwrecks or metal just washing up on their shores. And they've started fashioning those to make like the points of their bow and arrows and their spears and all of that. So they have adapted well to the outside world changing But they still stay to themselves. Okay, so in the 1800s, there was a British officer, because, again, I know she's a history major, but she ain't going to probably know this either. But from what I gathered, back in the 1800s, India was under British rule. Oh, okay. So there was a British officer from India. His name was Maurice Vidal Portman. And he was in charge of all of those Andamanese islands, which included the Sentinelese. So old Maurice was like, we're going to go up on there. I'm going to go check this out. So he goes on the island and he finds like the village, but it appears abandoned. So he starts kind of following the path, looking around. And after a couple of days, he comes across a couple and... I've seen it two different ways, four or two kids. I think it was two, but again, I've seen both. So the couple was elderly and he decides, hey, I'm going to take them with me. What? I'm going to take the couple and the kids and I'm going to take them with me back to Port Blair. So Port Blair actually used to be, you know how um, you've done stories on this where you'll have this area 
like an island where it's like the prison. Uh huh. So Port Blair basically used to be like the prison of India. Again, y'all, this is not a history lesson. So, but then it eventually boomed and became like its own area. So he takes the elderly couple and the kids to Port Blair. And not long after they got there, the couple got sick and died. Oh no. So what he does is he gives the kids some gifts and takes them back to the island. So what happened from there, we don't know. We don't know, did the kids survive? Right, if he didn't find anyone else that whole time, and he's just like, here you go, kids, here's an island. Right, and we also don't know, did the kids bring back whatever killed the couple? You know, if the couple was exposed to, again, some little stomach virus, it could have been the flu, it could have been literally anything, and we don't know what it was, So, did the kids take that back and get more people sick? Or did the kids... We have no idea. I can't believe they went with him. Well, he kidnapped them. They didn't just go with him. They they were defenseless. It was an elderly couple and kids. They were literally defenseless. Oh, I didn't know how old the kids were. Oh, well, I mean, I'm picturing like kid kid. Oh, okay. Not like... 10, 12, yeah. 14. There was some more that happened. Like, there was, like, a, some other explorers that went that were like, did they really go, though? Because, like, the writings were like, they had dog faces and all this stuff. And it's like, no, no. Did you really go? We don't think so. So, let's just say that's all we know in the 1800s. And we're going to jump forward to the 1970s. Ooh. In the 1970s, there was a documentary being shot about the Sentinelese. So the documentary came out in 1974 and you can watch it. It's like 22 minutes. It's on YouTube and it's called Man in Search of Man. And it's good. I watched it. What these documentarians, I think that's the word. Okay. What they did was they pulled their boat up as, you know, as close as they could get. And I think I did not write this down. Of course I didn't. I think from there they may have actually had to get onto like a smaller boat to get closer, but it wasn't going very well. Long story short, they tried to present the people gifts in order to make them not hostile. And I and I really hate using the word hostile because it makes it sound like the people who live on this island are in the wrong and they're fucking not. Like they're literally right. protecting themselves from someone coming on their shores that they don't know who they are or what their intentions are. So again, I hate using the word hostile because I just feel like it's not fair because it it puts them in a bad light when they're not doing anything wrong. So the people making the documentaries, because that word was hard, they brought gifts. They brought pigs, dolls for the kids that they tried to leave on the beach. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like, shoo, shoo. We're going to, like, throw shit at you. We're going to throw spears at you. Like, get the fuck out. So they tried to, like, float them coconuts and all that. Because coconuts are not native to the island. So when they give them coconuts, it's something new. And they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. We can eat this. We can drink this. You know. And so they like the coconuts. However... Um, the Sentinelese still were not having it. Like, they were like, thanks for the gift, but get the fuck out, you know? Um, we'll take the coconuts, though. Leave those. But they were throwing their spears at them and actually hit one of the photographers, like, in the leg. Like, speared his leg. Oh, shit. Yes. So, they were like, okay, time to go. Time to go. You know, they made two trips and somebody got speared, so we got to go. And it is said that the Sentinelese, like, speared the pigs, buried them, and buried, like, the dolls and stuff that they gave. So, I don't know if they just didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And even, like, it was, okay, this is maybe something really stupid to say, because y'all are probably going to be like, of course it was whichever. But nothing ever said if the pigs were alive. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. In my head, it was, like, a pig, like, ready for, like, a <laughs> like a roast. roast. Yeah. <laughs> Like, in my head, it I was that. I think they were alive. I feel like that's a stupid thing to say. But, you know, y'all are my people, so I'll just say all the dumb things. <laughs> Which would make more sense why they speared them, too. To be like, what is this beast? Let me get rid of it. Like, why are they giving me a beast? Right. Let me kill this thing before it procreates and kills us. So, I really do recommend you go watch that Man in Search of Man because it was short. It's easy to see. And you really get to see some of, like, the clothing and all of that because... 
they do um, other areas, too, of people, like the Andaman and the Unge. So they think, well, I'll go into that, too, but pretty sure that the Sentinelese speak a dialect that the Unge people speak. So I'll go into that a little bit more. But one thing I learned on that documentary, because it was like, everybody had really short hair, like shaved head. I'm like, how the fuck did they do this? Like, yeah, how they cut their hair? And it showed the Unge tribe, like they use seashells to cut the hair. Like they were like edging the hair with like a seashell. Dang. I'm like, how the fuck? People are so smart. So goddamn smart. Like how you come up with this stuff? Yeah. So in 1981, a cargo ship wrecked literally at the island like there were I think there were like 28 sailors on the ship that were on the island for like two weeks and they survived they ended up being rescued how did they survive for two weeks I don't know I feel like these people go into hibernation or something or it's like they can tell that something bad happened to those people and they're not just there to like hurt them or you know like oh your ship went down like oh okay You're not here by choice, you know? Yeah. So this was called the Primrose Cargo Ship. And this is the actual Google image of the ships being being sunk. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The water is beautiful. Oh, my God. So beautiful. But you can see it's like right there. Like, that's the sand. Yeah. It's literally right there. Oh, shit. Yes. So that's why I say I feel like they're like, oh yeah that's not supposed to go underwater okay okay and so they were just like figure it out you know and they may have stayed right there and didn't venture out or whatever yeah I don't know how they survived but they rescued them via helicopter it's just so bizarre that you can see that shipwreck like on basically google images you know google earth map whatever but what we do know is the Sentinelese people used that shipwreck to get tools to get all these different things yeah, and use the metal and all that to help make their arrows and spears and all that. They're fucking brilliant people. Like I just, and I think about like the day to day of the, like what do they say to each other about like, well, there's a ship out there, you know, I I don't know. Just like I try to put myself in their position and just like, okay, literally what is the day to day like for them? Like the going to the bathroom, the bathing, all that. Because I know how when I go to the beach and the salt water makes me feel so sticky and itchy that as soon as I get off the beach, I have to shower. Like, so I have been like, no, 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 I got to go because I can't be sticky anymore. I got to go up to the room and shower. So like, do they have fresh water or is sticky just their life? Like, you know, and I know that's, and they probably don't have the sensory issues that, we have because they haven't been exposed to the same things that we have. So they don't have the same conditions of like neurodivergent behaviors or neuroatypical behaviors. They don't have those like we do because again, they haven't evolved in the same ways we have. And yet they have, Mm -hmm. which is what's so amazing. Like, and yet they do and they have evolved in the same ways we have. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so cool. It's like, I have to know everything about them, but don't fucking touch them because they're Again, virtually uncontacted. I mean, not fully. They know that ships going on in the outside world. Yeah. They see ships. Ships pass their shores all the time. They see helicopters that come rescue people. You know, they know these things. They're not completely isolated in that way because, you know, people got to be nosy. So it's just like, what do they tell themselves? Like, I'm picturing in my head a little bit of you've got like one or two people who are like Moana and they want to explore. Mm-hmm. Is it like that or are they just cool? You know? Right. I don't know. But also what happens? Do people leave that island then? I don't think so. Okay. Because then, I mean, that's a whole different thing. Because how would they? Like they don't have the boats and all that. So unless they went with someone who came to the island, you know, how would they? Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to actually go into the 90s. So there is a woman. Now, I'm going to say this very slowly because I am I really tried on this name. Her name is Madhumela Chattopadhyaya. I think is how you pronounce it. But she is a literal bad fucking ass. We Love her. So Madhumela grew up and she always wanted to explore. Like she grew up wanting to be an anthropologist and explore people and learn and do all the fucking things. So girl got her fucking PhD and is 
badass, like trying to do all the research, doing like moving in with these tribes like the Unge and the Ottoman tribes, like going and like immersing herself and going and living with these tribes. Yeah. And not in the like, hey, the Sentinelese that no one can talk to him or touch him. Like not in that way. These people have been contacted already and it's a trying to help them kind of way. Not in like the bad way we're going to talk about in a little bit. You know, there's that picture. God, do I always watch these TikToks? But the it looks like a picture, but it's actually sinister. Yeah. And it's that guy who also went and like lived with tribes. But this was a cannibalistic tribe. Uh, and they ate him after that. Oh, God. That would be my luck. Like, either go to this island where they haven't been touched and they're going to spear you because, hello, they're trying to defend. You know, and I'm like, hey, hi. Yeah. You know, just trying to get your car's extended warranty. Or I go to this place and they're like, hey, come here, come here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Put this apple in your mouth right here. Yeah. You're literally the pig on the yeah. roast that I thought earlier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. Yep. We're going to eat for maybe. a month. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, they like me. They really like me. Through Madhumala's research and, and all of that, she and her parents had to sign to say like, if she dies, she dies. Yeah. Like, not only she had to sign it, again, her parents, and she was, like, of age. Like, she's getting, like, her PhD and stuff. Yeah. And her family still had to sign to say, we're not going to sue the university. We're not going to, if anything happens, like, this is on her, not on us. You can't come wow. for us. Wow, yeah. So there had been, especially after the documentary and the shipwreck, there had been other attempts to try to enter the island with gifts and that kind of thing. But it had kind of stopped. Well, Madhumela and her team started breaching it again. So on January 4th, 1991, the ship gets as close as it can, drops anchor, and they were going to get in their little boat and go closer. They had brought with them Madhumela and a couple of other, well, really there were like 13 people on the team, but specifically they had brought a medical doctor and some other like anthropologists to to make sure that things weren't going in the way that they shouldn't go. And I just think about, because Madhumela had read about and wanted to to do what she was doing for so long, and I just try to put myself in her position of, like, being on that boat and inching closer and closer to the shore where you literally may die, but it's also been your lifelong dream, you know? Yeah. As they get up to the island, they see that there are some huts but there's nobody around. So they see that on another part, there's smoke coming from an area. So they kind of turn their boat and head that way. And then suddenly from behind the trees, they see people from the tribe. It was mostly men and four of them were armed with bow and arrows. So the team literally starts just dropping coconuts in the water. Like, here, take them, take them, take them, take them, take the coconuts, take the coconuts. I was going to be like, why don't they like do a white flag, but they but wouldn't no, know exactly, what that is. Exactly. Like, there's no way yeah. for them to even communicate. They don't even know what language they speak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about coconut. Here, you take a coconut. You- Put a lime in the coconut and <laughs> dance on whatever the words are. <laughs> so they're, like, pushing these coconuts on them. Like, here, take them, take them, take them, take them. <laughs> and something happens that's never happened before. Because I think, because the Sentinelese people know what a coconut is. They're like, wait, there's more of these. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the men actually start wading through the water to get the coconuts. So they're, the men of the tribe are actually now coming closer to the boat to get these coconuts. And the team is like, what the fuck? Right? So the lead is like, give them fucking more, you know? <laughs> so then the Sentinelese bring that canoe thing that they had. They bring that out to start putting more coconuts yeah. in. I'm like, how many do they have? How did that not weigh down their ship? I know. So you can see some women and children, but they're not really coming out. Like they're they're just staying there. It's like, we're watching. We want to know what's going on. You know, we got to watch this because he, he's not he's not going to tell them all the details. Right. The guy that waited out there with the canoe is going to be like, there was, I don't know, there were some people. And then she's going to be like, and then what happened? Uh-huh. Like there was some canoe, there was a canoe. And there were some coconuts. And she's like, and then what happened? And it, it's going to be a, a long argument. For four hours, they're still giving them fucking coconuts. And eventually, they run out. So they're like, BRB. <laughs> oh, shit. Got to go back to the boat. So they go back to the boat. And they come back. And when they come back, 
The tribe shouts out Nahariley Yaba Yaba. And Madhumela is like, whoa, whoa, wait. I actually know this. Ooh. This is an Unge dialect. Because she had been doing so many studies and yeah. been with those tribes and all. She recognized it and knew they were saying, like, more and more coconuts. <laughs> so this time when they're there... A young, what well, just says a young youth. I'm assuming a, a young, young youth. It doesn't say, yeah, it does say that actually. <laughs> so I'm assuming that that meant like a young, like, like Warthog. yeah, prepubescent, like boy or teenager yeah. kind of thing. Because the women and the children were kind of staying back. So I feel like that would probably be like a boy version of Moana that was like, I want to sell the ocean and da 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 da. <laughs> well, he actually like gets some cojones. And walks up and Nemo touches the butt. Oh, shit. He touches their ship to be like, okay, what's this? Yeah. So then some more men start coming and collecting more coconuts. Well, there was this one moment, though, with after even all of this, there was this still this one young guy who was on the shore, like, still with his bow and arrow, like, aimed. I'm still not so sure about y'all. You know, whatever. Well, Madhumela is like, put it down. Come get a coconut. And... They think that her, like, keeping her eye contact, refusing to kind of back down, and her being a female, it made them more relaxed. Yeah. And he actually, like, put his bow and arrow down. Now, he wasn't still super sure about it, but one of the women beside him was. And when he was about to release his bow and arrow, she, like, nudged him and made him miss them. Oh, wow. So she was like, had the intuition of like, this is actually okay. Don't kill them. So at this point, Madhumela actually gets in the water herself and is starting to, you know, like interact a little bit more. But I will say that, so at that point, they were able to actually hand them the coconuts and not just like float them to them. And they were just like right there beside each other. But I saw this in just one article and never anywhere else. But it seemed like one of Mahumela's team members, like, touched the necklace of one of them. No. And it kind of, like, shut shit down. And and it was like, okay, it's not okay now. You need to go. Yeah. But there were other articles that said, like, everything went great. And they left. And she actually came back a month later, you know, to, to give them more coconuts and all. And after that is really the last contact of Mahumela's group and all of that. So I'm kind of torn about her expedition because we're going to talk more about, and I'm sorry, I know this is really long, but I have some other quick little stories, but I'm kind of torn because I love that because she was a woman, she was able to make this contact that they trusted her more. But then at the same part though, she still got really fucking close to them and she could have been sick and she could have given them illnesses. And it's like, while it had an anthropological, is that the word? Unsure. But while it had that purpose, it still really isn't right. So it's like, yay, go her. But then also like, we really need to leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they went through testing and stuff. Did they? How do you know? And test for what? Because we don't know what they have immunity to and what they don't. Yeah. So in 2004, there was a huge tsunami and they just wanted to make sure that the tribe was okay after that. And they flew some helicopters over just to be like, hey, hey, are you okay? And the tribe was like shooting arrows and throwing spears at the helicopters. Like, stay the fuck away, get off of our shit. So they definitely, after that, went back to a more like, leave us the fuck alone attitude. And again, we don't know what happened. You know, maybe the people who touched her got sick. Yeah. You know, or, and they're like, okay, well, that you touched the bad people and look what happened. So that, you know, you got to think it was from 91 to 2004. That's a long time for that to kind of build up and be like, okay, you can't trust. Because then in 2006, two fishermen were crabbing off the shore, like not in illegal territory, just crabbing. And they fell asleep. And their ship, boat, whatever you want to call it, drifted on the shore. And those two fishermen were killed. Ooh. Yeah. So helicopters tried to rescue their bodies and they were not able to land because same thing, they were shooting arrows, throwing spears and all that at the helicopter, like, stay the fuck away. So they just had to exit and just leave their bodies there. 
Oh, gosh. So now we're going to talk about John Allen Cho. So John was born in Alabama, grew up in Vancouver, Washington, and his dad was a Chinese psychiatrist and his mom was an American attorney. He had two siblings and he grew up in the church and he grew up very like evangelical Christian and he went to an Assembly of God church and went to a Christian high school that was like 90 students total, you know, very, very small, very like ingrained in his beliefs. You know, he went to this, uh, basically the Pentecostal version of like the Boy Scouts thing, you know, and he became a Royal Ranger, which is like, again, the Pentecostal Scout version of an Eagle Scout. Like it's like a big deal, apparently. And he really loved outdoors and being um, adventurous and all the things. And he grew up reading like Jacques Cousteau and all of that. And so like he was, he wanted to be an adventurer, but he also wanted to be a missionary. He joined this mission organization called the Joshua Project. And the Joshua Project had basically on its list the North Sentinel Island. Why? Because they said that they, in addition to needing basic medical care, Quote, need to know the creator God exists and that he loves them and paid a price for their sins. Oh my gosh. So let me just preface this because this story pisses me right the fuck off. Um, this by no means is an attack on Christianity or whatever you may believe, but this pisses me right the fuck off. In fact, like even his dad says that he blames extreme Christianity and um, all of that for what happens to his son. Like these people, no one has been able to really make contact with them. Right. And, you know, this, this is a quote that is from one of John's friends that kind of shows the thinking and really pisses me off. But he says, quote, a lot of people have said that these people obviously want to be left alone. So we should respect their wishes. Well, my ancestors were also savages that wanted to be left alone. I'm sure glad missionaries like these other people stepped up and were willing to give their lives so that I don't live in a society like that anymore. Oh my gosh. So that's kind of the mindset of, it appears to be the mindset, at least I should say, of that Joshua Project and of John himself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Also though, Here's the thing. They don't know the language at all. Uh-huh. It's not like you're going to wherever, you know, like that, okay, somewhere that speaks Spanish or, you know, what we don't know the language that they speak. Uh-huh. And even if you did, leave them the fuck alone. Yes. Like what, that's not, that's my biggest thing with people like wanting to change someone else's culture. Why is someone else's culture wrong? Because it's not yours. Right. And that's ultimately whether it's like he just happens to be that he's a christian missionary and this is a virtually uncontacted tribe but he's trying to change what they have done for tens of thousands of years to be what he is because mm -hmm. he thinks what he is is right and what they are is wrong well they've been living for tens of thousands of years honey they fine yeah yes. they're good change isn't always great in fact i hate it <laughs> but yeah, but it's just like there's nothing you can offer them besides violence because that's what it's going to be when you don't know the language at all. Right. So he goes to college and goes to like a very like strict Christian college, like no smoking, drinking, swearing, no sex of any kind outside of a heterosexual marriage, very like Ugh. conservative yeah. Christian, you know, beliefs. This aggravates me too, because there's also a quote from that same other guy that I gave you the quote before. His name's John. Um, he said that when he met John in Israel, that he was easy to connect with. He was good looking and received a fair share of female attention, but was very humble. Oh my God. Like, why is that even something that you're talking about <laughs> once you know the whole story? Like, yeah. why is that even what we're talking about? Why Are you jealous? <laughs> He's ready to do his thing and become the world's best missionary at all the things like he does South Africa and all these different countries so that he can bring them God. He had gone to the Andaman Islands four different times. And in 2017, he was accepted to this boot camp run by All Nations, which is in Kansas City. Okay, so one of the exercises that this boot camp does is they set up like a mock village 
And in this mock village, missionaries pretend to be hostile natives with fake spears in order for the people attending the boot camp to learn how to navigate hostile, I'm doing air quotes around there, natives and bring them the word of God. Okay. And that old John was one of the best trainees that that program ever had. Of course, but he's humble. Okay, so long story short, John, he thinks that it is his divine calling to go and bring the word of God to the tribe. So he gets his little tourist visa and he goes to Port Blair. And you can actually go online and see all of his handwritten journals. You can read everything that he said. I'm going to talk about a few little things. But he had gifts ready to give. And that included like tweezers, scissors, cord, safety pins, fish hooks for the Sentinelese people. He quarantined himself for 11 days. He didn't even get sunlight, which I don't not really understand why the sunlight. But he quarantined himself for 11 days so that he could be less likely to carry whatever to the people. So he got some fishermen. He paid them about $350 to take him to the island. The first day he went, it was dark outside. And they had to, you know, they had to do that because they had to avoid the fucking Coast Guard because it's illegal. Mm-hmm. He said in his journal that, like, the water was illuminated with plankton. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, pretty gross. I know that kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies. Yes. But, like, also, like, pretty cool. I don't know. So, they get there. They anchored. And he makes his first approach. The fishermen are like, uh, you on your fucking own. We ain't going past right here. Like, we, we, right. we take your money and we'll bring you here, but we ain't going fucking past here. So he strips down to his underwear and he thinks like, cause that'll make them more at ease because then he, you know, mm-hmm. air quotes around looks like them. And he paddles like a kayak towards the shore. So he sees a hut and he starts paddling towards that area on the beach. As soon as he starts getting close, according to his diary, there were some high pitched sounds that came out and he saw some sentinelese men with yellow face paint like screaming in like a high-pitched sound that was what he says in his journal high-pitched sound so i'm assuming they're yelling in their language they're not just being like ah you know so what does john do from his kayak he yells my name is john i love you jesus loves you oh my gosh and they were like oh i know exactly what he's saying (laughs) come aboard right no they didn't Gosh. They began to string their bows. They began to say, uh, excuse me, sir. What'd you say with their bow? So he panics and is like, shit, and paddles away. Paddled like I've never had in my life, is what he says. So later that day, he's like, okay, okay. So this time he goes, and he goes towards the same hut. And again, about six people come out. And he says that they whoop and shout. And he says that he wants to get closer so that he can parrot their words back to them. Well, they hear him repeat what they, he thinks that they're saying, and they bust out laughing. Do they? Oh, they my God. They bust out laughing. <laughs> he says, quote, they were probably, quote, saying bad words or insulting me, is what he figures. So he starts singing worship songs and preached from Genesis to them. So while he's doing this, they're, like, looking at him like, the fuck? So a boy shoots an arrow at him and the arrow goes right into his bible (laughs) so he pulls it out gives it to the boy and is like see ya leaves again (laughs) but the sentinelese took his kayak so he had to swim a mile back to that fishing boat how did they take his kayak i guess he had gotten out of it to like preach to them like thinking maybe he had got like oh they're laughing okay 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 yeah maybe he had gotten out of it maybe they just like pulled it out from under him i don't know maybe he just (laughs) went flying in the water i don't know he talks a lot in his diary. It really is sad, though. He talks a lot in his diary about how he doesn't want to die, that he thinks he could be more useful alive, but um, basically, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do, and asks God to forgive any of the people on the island who try to kill him if they succeed. And these are like quotes from his journals. It should be noted, though, that he called this place Satan's last stronghold. Oh, my gosh. So, November 16th was the last day that he was seen alive. He asked the fishermen to drop him off alone, and they left. How would they leave and he know 
like, hey, pick me back up in 30 minutes. You know what I mean? I, I think that the plan was for them not to pick him back right. up. Right. So, like, he knew this was going to be his last day. Yes. So, the fishermen didn't, like, leave, leave. Eventually, they were taken into custody by police because this is illegal. And they said that they saw the Sentinelese dragging a body and burying it on the beach. And from the clothing, they were pretty sure it was John. Oh, he didn't strip down to his undies again? No. So, seven people, including the fishermen and a local engineer and a missionary, were all charged with, like, culpable homicide and violating the laws to help John go onto this island. And even his parents were kind of like, yeah, that's his decision. Don't try to get his body. Like, he knew what he was getting into. Like, his parents were basically like, he shouldn't have tried to go to that island. He should have let them be, you know. Yeah. And, like, we're sorry. Like, because his family got a lot of heat. Because this made, like, national news. This American missionary that tried to bring the word of God to a tribe to change them, to colonize them, to do all the things. And it's, like, especially in, you know, this time in, even especially in America with everything that we've got going on. And it's, like, people were, like, are you serious? Right. Though I don't think they should have got charged for culpable murder or whatever. I think they should have been charged for, like, being there and stuff, but... Well, basically, what they're saying is he was murdered because mm-hmm. he was killed by, you know, somebody else, yada, yada, yada. So, he was murdered, but even his family and a lot of different, like, evangelical organizations have come out being like, no, we don't agree with this. Like, he shouldn't have gone. Yeah. Um. You know, he basically tried to make himself a martyr, and mm-hmm. a lot of, like, evangelical organizations are like he's not a martyr like let's not make him this hero because he's not like leave him alone you know it's like we want to keep their culture what it is because it's amazing and they should be proud of their culture and let's not try to change who they are one and two it's dangerous for them which is why like I said as much as I was um, for Madhumela, I was like, oh, that's so amazing. But it's actually not. Because if you really look at it, her expedition was really no different than his. The purpose of it was different. Her, he was trying to bring them, to change their culture and bring them God. She was trying to learn their culture so that she could disseminate the information to others. But ultimately, it was an outsider coming in and disrupting their lives and disrupting everything and potentially making them ill yeah even that explorer from the 1800s said their association with outsiders has brought them nothing but harm it's a matter of great regret to me that such a pleasant race are so rapidly becoming extinct gosh because that's literally what you're doing yeah when you trample on their island and their lives and all of that you know yeah but it's just so fascinating that it's like it's this spot in the world that we have not explored. Yeah. So, like, think about what kind of wildlife is there that we don't know about. Right. What, you know, like, you want to know what do they eat? What are their dynamics of their relationships and stuff? And that documentary, A Man in Search of Man, does talk about it um, from the other tribes that he's spent some time in. And, it, you know, there was it was really cool, too, because there was this one part where he showed this, um, like, husband and wife and how they just were just being together. Like, they were just laying there like snuggled up quiet you know and it's just like just how different their interpersonal relationships are and just the dynamic like I want to know it all which is why I understand everybody wanting to go there because they want to fucking know how do you cut your hair how do you cook your food how do you do all this where do you go to the bathroom how do you wipe all the things yeah I want to know all that but I also want them safe and that trumps everything this like I'm so nosy too and I want to know this but yeah you're right I also want to know how they procreate. Like, how do they, like, duh, how they do it. But, and keep the blood like, because everybody's related <laughs> well, to each other. Well, you didn't know how a fucking chicken. chicken. Well, that is different, ma'am. <laughs> that is very different. I will different. never forget that. <laughs> Raise your hand if you know how a chicken fucks. Not me. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle what? <laughs> but really and truly, like, from a biologic standpoint, like, they're literally all related. So, how do they keep going and not have, like, developmental stuff? They might. But I don't think so. Well, I mean, they may. Know. Right. They may. They may. 
But it's like, how do they do it? Yeah. I want to fucking know. But there's some really amazing images that have been caught, like, of them standing on the shores of the beach, be it, like, with their weapons, being like, don't fucking come here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I know this is such a different story than I've ever done, but it's just like, people have died going yeah. here, trying yeah. to go here. And... I mean, technically, John was murdered. It's just interesting, like, even me doing this research, I was like, okay, Maud, I see you. Go, girl. But then it's like, you know, and I was so pissed at him doing this research. And then I really kind of had to check myself, be like, why is it okay for her and not him? Because, again, ultimately, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's the intention behind it, though. That's the difference. Like, that's why it was a knee-jerk thing for you. Yeah. Because I'm not saying missionaries don't do great work. Because they, like, they do help people, but it's just the the mission part of it isn't to, like, help them. You're trying to change them. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll help you medically with some stuff, but you need to know, like, all of this other stuff. That's not your religion. It's like getting a free vacation for a timeshare. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. It's like, we're giving you this vacation. We're giving you this medical care, but you got to sit through this two-hour seminar. Yes. Hopefully this wasn't boring for y'all and it was a little bit of a change of pace. We'll be back to our regular programming <laughs> with me next week, but I just had to do this story. I love this. I'm so glad you did it because I didn't read anything because when y'all were talking about it, I was like, oh, nope, I'm not. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I feel like we come down hard like about the religion thing on this with the missionary stuff, but religion's not bad and we're not like saying like Christianity's bad or anything like that it's it's the intention behind it like trying to convert someone and like you don't need to mm-hmm. and on this the whole thing is like you don't speak their language at least Maud because we were on that level at least she spoke unge so she was yeah. able to understand you know he speaks English that's it they have no fucking idea because the people who have come to them, which granted, like in the 1800s, it was the British people, so it was English, but like India runs this. Yeah. Like they're mostly speaking Hindi, I think. Y'all tell me if I'm wrong about the languages. I pretend like I know stuff, but I don't really. <laughs> I wonder what would happen again. See, this is why I'm terrible, but I wonder what would happen now with like drones. And Girl, stuff. you read my brain because they're used to <laughs> helicopters coming. So I was like, okay, so let's just say that even if you put a drone over there and they knocked it down, you could have some live footage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could, I'm just we, so, like, nosy. <laughs> okay. Do you remember on Despicable Me when they put the little, um, made the little cookies that were actually robots that they walked in and they could see what was going on? Can we get some of those and just, like, put something in the coconut? Yes. Put the lime in the coconut, <laughs> push it to the shore, and let it have a camera in it. Yes. So we can fucking see. There's got to be some way without really impacting what they do. Right. But I do know that, like, some of the stuff, like the gifts and stuff, they would give the kids um, toys and they would put give them, like, plastic, too, like, plastic bins or, you know, like that kind of thing. So it's, like, I want, are they using those things? Do they have right. them, like, in a pile of, like, do not fucking touch this. This is, like, yeah. hazardous, you know? Right. Oh, and I, one thing I forgot to say, too, is that when they, when that tsunami, when they were flying over to see if they were, they were, like, virtually untouched. Like, they were totally okay. And it's, like, they are so in tune with the earth and nature and all of that that they were able to anticipate the tsunami coming and prepare themselves so that they were okay yeah so there are these fucking like savages who have no culture and just living over there willy fucking nilly well even the savages quote unquote weren't savages and even if they were who gives a fuck but they weren't but i'm saying but even if they were, who gives a fuck? Let them live their lives. Yeah. They've done it for tens of thousands of years. They're fine. Mind your fucking business. Yes. But I'm just saying like the word savage. Is disgusting. It's like they're not your culture. Cool. They're different. But they're not anything less than you. Right. And we were talking about that because I was telling some girls at work, you know, about the story. And I was like, you know, let's just take Native Americans here any indigenous culture, any indigenous people, whether it's here, can, literally anywhere, and you bring someone else in to their land 
to their home, they're going to protect themselves. Yes. They're not doing anything wrong. They're protecting themselves. You're coming into their space. If I came into your house at midnight, you're going to protect yourself. Right. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And they get deemed savages, hostile, blah, 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 blah. And it's like... Well, no, they're not. They're doing exactly what you would do if the situation was reversed. Yeah. You just don't like it because you want to take over. Right. You want them to be like you. So if it was the other way around, you'd have a problem with it. And see, the thing, too, is they're doing that in defense. You know, defending their land. But then you have other people who would... Like, they're not capturing these people to hold them hostage and to torture or right whatever. That's completely different. Yeah, they're literally killing you on the beach and burying you on the beach. Yeah, like, they don't want you here. And so they're trying to keep you away. If they get you, then they're going to bury you. Right. I mean, literally, every instance that they, like, with the fishermen that came on shore, with John, they have killed them on the beach And buried them on the beach. Yeah. They don't even want you in their area. It's literally like you're toxic. It's literally like on Monsters, Inc. When they thought a sock was toxic to them. You know? Thank y'all so freaking much for listening. I know this episode was not the typical... Um, but you know, fucking COVID. Hopefully Donna will be on the mend next week and we can get back to your regular scheduled programming. But until then, remember, creep it real and don't get scared and stay well.